0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world. Bringing you behind the scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors, covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore.
0: Friends, welcome into episode three of our winter series of this 2021 2022 winter here on Everything Under the Sun. My name is Dean DeVore, as you heard, and uh, I'm doing this podcast while enjoying some vacation down in the southern part of Florida in the Fort Lauderdale area and uh, enjoying extremely warm weather. The nighttime lows have been in the mid to upper 70s, but it's been quite windy here. Haven't been the tremendous beach weather, but it's been uh, nice to have a little bit of a higher sun angle in this part of solar winter as we get ready for the heart of the holiday seasons as well i figured it was time to get that update that paul pastelock our chief long-range forecaster said we needed in terms of the winter forecast because it seems like we're entering the second act of winter in terms of weather and what could be a three-part winter play paul pastelock will be along by as friends it's time to sit back and relax and time to talk about everything under the sun so it is funny because when uh, we suggested how we were going to handle this week I told our producers Ken Prell and Andrew Robb that you know maybe I would just sit out on the beach and do this podcast except it is just extremely windy on this uh, early morning here in Florida where uh, it would not be in a good audio quality to do it. But I'm looking out over uh, the Atlantic Ocean and uh, it seems uh, while it's uh, pretty churned up here on the east coast of Florida, there are other places that this volatile week of weather has certainly again reminded us of this uh, amazing flip in the pattern now we've seen with a lot of warm air now surging and holding on to areas In the eastern part of the country, suppression of the jet stream and colder weather in the west now and a very active storm track that's bringing a lot of energy, not necessarily in just a specific storm, but other types of energy to fuel what is going to be a volatile period here, even though it's not going to be atypical in terms of winter in some areas. So I thought uh, Paul Pasolak, our... Senior forecaster, our long-range expert, it uh, is time to get one of his updates that he felt we needed when we talked about our winter forecast from AccuWeather.com. And I welcome Paul Pastelok into Everything Under the Sun. So, Paul, the last time we talked, you said we need to check in regularly on this winter forecast. So, here we are, just days away from the winter solstice, and I thought it would be a regular Good time to check in with you because the way I see it, we're flipped the pattern here again. Just in the beginning stages of a series of several weeks of this winter that are going to be very atypical, and uh, some areas are going to get stormy and hit hard. Other places are going to have temperatures near or above normal for a few weeks, and that's just kind of the middle chapter of this winter. There's more to come, so. Am I uh, astute in saying that we've reached a little bit of a change point here for the next few weeks in the entire winter pattern across the
2: lower 48? I think when you sum up the winter in one word, it's change. And you can even combine the fall because if you look at what happened in October, we had such a mild you know, northern tier of the nation in October, and then we flipped it in November. Things got a lot chillier. And then we said that December would warm up a little bit before a turn would come in late December into January. And see, that still, still seems, seems to be online, uh, on track at this point. The problem is, is the extreme of the cold, where is that going to end up? Where is that going to stick? And will the southern tier of the nation continue to stay mild? And if there's any change that we've made over the past several weeks since we last talked, is that we've warmed the south a little bit more, mm. especially early on in the season. Rightfully so, as if I can right. interrupt, yeah. based on what we've
0: just seen in the last week or two with these obscenely warm temperatures for this time of year, craziness, to be honest, with some of these departures from normal, 20, 30, 40 degrees. Uh, so rightly so, that that average has to come up. And, you know, these air masses don't like to give up. The warm air doesn't want to give up. It will fight tooth and nail to stick around, and we keep seeing that. The rebounds are, are warmer than we, would we thought two or three days, four days out when we're looking at that, that kind of that
2: pattern going on. Yeah, we're not, we're, we know the rebounds are coming, but we're not handling them well. I think that's the key here is are we, handle, are we warm enough on the warm-ups? That's the problem. And it's not so much that we're too. We're afraid or, to go.
0: We're afraid. You know what we are as meteorologists? I think we're afraid to go that far above average exactly. because we are taught that averages are there for a reason. And right. the reason is, folks, is because the atmosphere always wants to return to the average. The, the job of the atmosphere is to create balance in a world of tremendous imbalance. That imbalance can be a little bit on one side or the other. And those waves of imbalance can last weeks or they can be really uh, excessive as they've been of late, mostly on the warm side, I will say, Paul, right? right. Uh, but then but then that makes those incursions of really cold air much more impactful because they're coming over air that's warmer than it used to be. And then you create all this volatility, which we've seen, and all this storminess, the tornado outbreak of just this last uh, week or so. So. Is that a good, did I summarize that well there in that whole
2: scenario? Yeah, you did. And I'm going to add in something else here. I'm not sure if we talked on our podcast about this, the unusual contrast in water temperatures between the Northeast Pacific and North of Hawaii, what was driving an upper level jet stream, very strong, very intense, that would occasionally hit over California with some intense precipitation that far south. Typically, La Nina tries to drive it towards the northwest and western Canada, and you're able to get the cold conveyor belt coming north of that down into the uh, western U.S., and you can get some cold shots. Everything's all messed up, and it's just shoving a lot of marine air, first of all, which is added to the departures, like 5, 10 degrees onto the departures that we've seen. But second of all, it's brought this sense of high energy aloft to probably contribute to the severe weather that we're seeing out in the plain and, States. And, I, and
0: what I'm seeing is it's adding that energy
2: to everything. So
0: what we knew as a lake effect, and then now also a lake enhanced becomes even more supercharged because it has this added addition of energy and moisture and warmth interacting with those cold shots that creates even more volatility is that I, I, that's the pattern i'm sensing that we've taken the spicy soup and we've thrown in another hot chili pepper to take that level up another degree or two
2: exactly i mean we've done very well in trying to promote intense rain and snow events but not frequent because of the shifty pattern remember we talked about shifting of the pattern in the west off and on from northwest to down to california we've done very well there but we've missed what happens to the energy afterwards. What happens to that air mass afterwards is what we haven't really taken care of business yet on that in the prediction category. And it has turned into a very dramatic, ex- incredible thing that happened last week. Uh, I don't know if that's the proper words to use. What happened in Kentucky in those places? Well, no,
0: I, I, I think you know, and that's what brings up a good point. As a meteorologist. We have to look at it one way, almost the way a surgeon or a doctor has to look at a situation that causes problems and death in someone. We have to look at it that way from a professional standpoint. So from our standpoint, that was incredible. It was extremely sad. It was extremely gut-wrenching, heartbreaking to know that what we did in preparing those people, and we talked about that scenario for a few days. If not a better part of two or three days, especially yeah. coming at night, especially at the, the the amazing temperature differences, the anomalies that created it, but it still wasn't enough, Paul, because of just the way our lives are and the way we we do things and and certain situations and and just to me the the it not being in the right time, it's not in the time of year where people have that in their minds. If that was July or. In the spring in those areas, they would have gone to bed thinking I better kind of keep a half a, you know, an eye open tonight maybe because they've been talked about. But in December, they're not thinking that at all. So I know I've struggled to find the words to talk about how that was, but it it goes part and parcel with just how volatile the atmosphere is right now. And uh, kind of recap, we're talking with uh, our Long range expert, Paul Pasolak here on everything under the sun, getting an update on the winter situation, because we're entering kind of a, uh, I look at this winter, there's kind of three phases to me. And now I think we're entering that middle phase, Paul. And if you can just kind of talk us through then this next couple of weeks, because it's important for people couple of things. The sentimentalists want to know if they're going to get a white Christmas and it doesn't look like uh, along the eastern seaboard that's going to be a a possibility at all here. Uh, They also have a lot of travel. I think this next week and a half to two, three weeks, it's drawn out travel, but a lot of people going regionally, nationally, even internationally to get away for, especially with the pandemic, seemingly like it's looming again to another situation where we'll have increased Inflexibility in traveling and getting around. So, talk me through the next three or four weeks of this winter.
2: Well, before we get into that, we got to retract what you just said on the East Coast about the white Christmas because really it may not be on the coast, it may be just inland. Yeah, there's still an open window there that there can be something just around the Christmas holiday. I'll get into that. Interstate 81 inland is that a good denominator? It could be in, it could be there, and it could also be if you if you know Connecticut very well, Merritt yep. Parkway and the in in the Bronx, cross Bronx, so interior, so
0: interior New England still really? has a decent shot. But anything like Boston, Providence,
2: I'm it's picking not my cities.
0: It's 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 less than twenty in my mind,
2: but that's almost climatology. So well, okay, that's true. Yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah, so. there's, there's there's statistics, there's statistics, and there's damn <laughs> lies, right? There's all, or whatever that one. Well, here's the thing. Let me let me jump to that first because I think yes. that's what most people want to know right now. Um, there is a lot of complex things going on in the West right now. A lot of systems coming on shore, and the modeling still feeling it out. But there are a couple of models right now that we've been watching the last couple of days that consistently show some type of disturbance being spit out from the main stuff in the West across the country and hitting that water again off the southern New England coast and blowing up a system between the 24th and 25th. And okay, there's still an opportunity there and there's some cold that's kind of bleeding in out of eastern Canada at the same time and... you don't need to have a major block. You don't need the polar vortex. You don't need to have something like that to cause a medium sized storm around the holiday. So you're telling me there's still a chance, right? I'm telling you there's still a chance. I
0: was waiting to use that line. So we're uh, like dumb and dumber (laughs) on here. So Uh, (laughs) all right. Yeah. But I'll tell you who has a better chance to me looking at the pattern to get some, and even if it's not necessarily within those couple of days, there was some on the ground. Would be out in the Midwest with the cutting pattern here for the next couple of weeks.
2: Well, I ch- I chopped a little bit off the plains um, because of the fact that if you notice a lot of these systems, they look good coming out of the rock into the Rockies, and then they kind of lose some of their their moisture in the plains, and then they pick it back up again as they get to the Midwest. And so, right, kind of chopped the, the percentages down. But Iowa, Illinois. Those places have a shot to have some snow laying on the ground just before Christmas. And it Detroit. should Detroit, Detroit, yes. Detroit's okay. in that area. Even as far south as like Indianapolis has a shot. Columbus, right, Because Ohio. Those
0: folks, even though it's going to be milder than average here in the next three weeks, but that area yes. will get some incursions of the colder air. It won't be brutal cold, which we could see, which we get to act three of this winter as we go probably, as you said, later into January.
2: What about the out west? What's their
0: next three weeks going to be like?
2: Well, the whole thing is, is they continue to the, – the, even the lower elevations of the interior northwest are getting some snow, we feel, in the coming weeks. In fact, talking to one of my uh, team guys, uh, Brandon Buckingham, he even feels that Seattle – could have some snow once or twice over the next couple of weeks, and
0: and it's and folks, it's very rare for the snow to get that far down the floor. Right? It's
2: one of those things where you know it's it, it's it's cold enough, you know, to get down to their four hundred and forty nine feet. You can get down into those lower spots if the cold is just sitting there, just and right, and just can't get you can't move the temperature, and it right. looks like that's going to be the case there, and even central California. There was a lot of folks complaining and moaning and groaning that, "Hey, Lake Tahoe, we're not getting any snow. What's happened here? We can't open the ski areas." Well, now they got about three, four, five feet of snow, and it just <laughs> continues to come. You know what I right, mean? So, right, right, So these places Feast are getting melted. Yeah, so they're getting hit now, and this is when we thought they would start getting hit. It just took a, about a week or two later to get going, but it's getting going now.
0: So you know, that's what I think we've gotten so "quote unquote" good. To a point in long range, that we're hitting the themes, folks. I, I really feel when Paul and I and you talk about these themes, we're hitting these themes. But what people have to understand is sometimes things take longer or a little or working to take a little longer to work out to get to the theme. Right? It's not necessarily the exact same song. It's like going to a musical, right? And you hear the first song the first time, and then you hear it the next time. It's a little different. It's the same song, but it's a little different. Some of the aspects have changed a little bit. And so I think we're hitting the themes. It's just sometimes, you know, I thought the first flip of the first batch of cold air was actually a little earlier than I thought in the Northeast. And then, but but then the response to that is, I think the warm air has been back sooner and now has gotten us into this little uh, warm spell here in the East that uh, has been kind of crazy over the last couple of weeks.
2: So. You know, this mild spell is going on this week, but we still have, with all the snow snowpack growing to the north of us, these backdoor cold fronts could start causing some really tough forecast in the northeast coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, You get one front coming down one day, you're like stuck in the 30s, but the next day you're back up close to 50. So it's kind of... a Tough lot fall. of days,
0: a lot of days too, that are not diurnally normal. In other words, a lot of nights that have rising temperatures and a lot of days that may start 55 or so, and then end up around 30. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing to be cautious of in the next couple of weeks, especially North the great lakes and into the Northeast would be what I would call rapid freeze up events where we get some precipitation during the daylight hours, and then the temperatures drop quickly at night and you can get icy spots that are hard to see. and can cause problems. So I think that's, you got to be on the lookout for that. And hopefully we can get you that information two or three days out to know exactly when those days are going to happen.
2: And just and one thing that kind of changed over the last couple of days that I think a lot of meteorologists, even in the Northeast were a little behind on is all this energy that's coming in the, in the next 24, 36 hours. Uh, unfortunately over the area that got hit by tornadoes, are going to see some steady rain there with a the stalled cold front. The energy from that is actually going to head toward the northeast this weekend. And yeah, we're looking yeah. at snow and mixed precipitation for most of Mid-Hudson Valley on northward. Yeah, I was Fenton seeing that in New England.
0: I was seeing that before I left, and I packed some decent stuff because I knew if I was going to stay in, and that's what my next, by the way, you know, remind folks that we talked up front. I'm actually doing this from Florida here this week, but I'm <laughs> heading up to New York City for. The weekend is this podcast drops, and I saw that it's, it would at least be a chilly rain in New York City, and then right. uh, just not too far northwest could have some mixing and some some wet snow and even some icy issues at night. So yeah, that's uh,
2: it's an important weekend. This is the last full weekend before Christmas, right?
0: So it is right, and it's going to be. I think the beginning of a lot of extended travel. I mean, it's the end of finals for most okay. colleges, and then everybody's going to start. And I think just again the way that we live now that changed so drastically in the last year and a half with people's ability to do a chunk of their job just about anywhere whether it's at home or if home that week happens to be in well look at me I'm in South Florida doing my Yeah podcast. but I expected so there, you on the
2: beach doing this well, I don't know you're <laughs> inside but you I expected you on the it, beach <laughs>
0: it was an audio only podcast all right so we're talking with our chief uh, long range forecast for Paul Passlock. I just have a couple of more minutes We've talked about, uh, kind of recapped phase one. We've talked about the next couple of weeks, which is what I'm calling phase two or act two of this three-act winner. Act three is coming as we get late in December uh, into January, mid-January. By then, you think this next flip of some of this. And again, we're going to put in the notes our podcast you and I did last year about talking about polar vortex and breaking it down. And Mm -hmm. I just did it so masterfully (laughs) tongue in cheek. No, I did it. I was able to do it really well because of our conversations about talking about how it's not really the polar vortex folks, that polar vortex is that circulation of air that locks when it's going strong, that polar air over the pole. But if it weakens, that's when those polar outbreaks come farther South. And we're expecting that to occur in a few weeks are we not Mr. Pastelot?
2: Well, here's the thing, the polar vortex was weak to start off in the late fall and we saw what happened in November. There wasn't a, it wasn't very extreme, but it did turn colder from what it was in October. The polar vortex strengthened again and it's having it, it's pretty strong and there are some intrusions on it over the next 2 weeks that try to work into it. Whether or not there's going to be any effects of it, it's hard to say at this point, but there's a lot of cold air anyway built up across Canada and Alaska, that's going to kind of have an impact across the northern tier of the nation. What it's doing is, is without the polar vortex getting disrupted or going to a massive you know, displacement, we're not going to be driving that kind of cold all the way to the south. So we right. do feel that the south in January is not going to be that extreme. But the northern tier of the nation could have its cold intrusions, and maybe early on in January, especially for the northeast. But right. It's, it's just,
0: again, like uh, I just want to pick up on that. Yeah. Polar, not as far deep. Normal Arctic. And I'm trying to make that differentiation now when I talk to mm-hmm. people. There's Arctic air, which is pretty dang cold. And then when we get the real disruptions and weakening of the polar vortex, that polar air, the really, 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 really dang cold air comes down and comes farther south. But we're not seeing that necessarily occurring, but just the normal amounts of, you know, and and in a normal winter, we get maybe a couple of shots of, you know, two, three days where it's, uh, you know, below days that don't get above freezing for a couple of days in a row.
2: Yeah. And by means, I'm not playing up anything, you know, that's too extreme for the eastern half of the nation right now. I think there can be still a storm or two, a couple of disruptive systems. Um, I think there can be some cold shots. But I'm not looking for, you know, what happened in February uh, to happen in the east in January at this point. It may not even happen the entire winter season, because even in February, we still may be dealing with high pressure along the southeast coast, kind of forcing that storm track farther west, forcing that cold to stay over the northern plains and northern Rockies and not completely full force come
0: east. That would keep the cold in the snow. But wouldn't that create some interesting scenarios for when that warm air, warmer than average air, does interact with that colder intrusions with more possibilities of rain and severe and thunderstormy events in the southeast and the northern fringe there, up in the mid-Atlantic?
2: Well, the the severe weather would probably generate from, you know, the lower Mississippi Valley, central Gulf Coast, all the way up towards the Tennessee Valley. The concern I have is, is if that cold is still lurking, just to the north and does work its way south at times could we have more ice to deal with and that's the severity of the Mm. winter you know from like missouri all the way through the ohio valley and into parts of the northeast especially pennsylvania i that's the concern i have is is that that bad cleveland
0: pittsburgh youngstown ohio remember pittsburgh had a lot of snow last year maybe their snow
2: is held down because of a lot more mixing events this year, so
0: mixing events from eighty-one north and westward till you get to the Great Lakes, where then you're more, you know, your incursions are cold, lake enhancement, lake effect kind of stuff, and then but but yeah, that's going to be an interesting situation if that sets up. All yeah. right, well, we've. Uh, I think uh, I'm getting the signal from Ken, even though he loves what he has heard. <laughs> that we've been blabbling along too much. I want to thank you and your team for all that you've done over the last year. Happy holidays to you and your family, Paul. And thanks for being part of the Everything Under the Sun family. Um, the information that you uh, impart has been uh, great for me as a meteorologist, and I know our listeners appreciate it too. So thanks so much.
2: Uh, thank you for having me. And, and the same as to you, happy holidays and safe holidays. Uh, hopefully everyone, uh, the weather will cooperate uh, in, in your travels.
0: We'll put the link to that uh, episode of last winter's series when Paul and I kind of broke down the polar vortex mechanism and those kinds of things, which I think is something to go back to uh, for folks who are really keenly interested in understanding the true meaning of that whole thing. And as Paul pointed out, as uh, we kind of go right into our weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond segment which i'll give you the details of here it's we're looking at a fresh intrusion of very cold air coming into the great lakes and upper midwest here in the upper plains as we go through uh, as we're recording this on thursday and that is going to set up a scenario where i think there's going to be enough fresh cold air that we are concerned about some snow and maybe a layer where it could be more on the mixy icy side in the northeast and that's centered on saturday and saturday night could be some accumulating snow uh say in the northern tier of new england maine new hampshire vermont as you get from boston back into the northern tier of pennsylvania so just north of i-84 but through the uh, lower part of the uh, upstate New York there, the southern tier. We're looking at some mixiness and some uh, possibility of some slippery, icy spots. So that's something to keep an eye on overall. But for the pattern for the weekend, there's that little uh, situation of winter weather there, but there's also some rain and some thunderstorms along the southeastern part of the country. Where I am in Florida is going to stay warm and pretty dry, but pretty windy continuing along the east coast of florida and really rough surf and undertow and uh, rip current dangerous rip current situations for folks uh, it's warm but it's not necessarily the best beach weather storminess out in the pacific northwest as we look at that area here as we go through it so all of those things are kind of uh, waking up to uh, the situation that we're going to have uh, some volatile weather this weekend, and you're going to want to stay tuned to AccuWeather.com and your AccuWeather app, and you're going to want to keep checking that and uh, keeping weatherproofing your life, and especially in some of these areas where we could see more thunderstorms. Over the next uh, week or two, there's going to be some battle zones between this warm and the cold air in places that don't normally see thunderstorms in December into January, but the situation will occur, and we'll keep you up to date. We'll be back next week uh, with a episode that will probably... Last us through the entire holiday season from uh, Christmas to New Year's, uh, something that you know, I'll do uh, uh, an interview that maybe is a gift to myself and hopefully a gift to you with some information that you'll enjoy for next week's episode. And then uh, we'll continue to follow the winter as we head into the new year 2022. For my executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robin, for Paul Pastelok, thanks so much for being with us and for our hundreds of team members who work hard every day trying to weatherproof your life here at AccuWeather. I'm Dean DeVore. Have a great week. And weekend, I'll see you back next week, back from vacation as we get ready for the holiday season here on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com.